You are listening to the Unlikely Felon Podcast, episode number eight. Welcome to the Unlikely Felon Livestream. This show is peppered with humor, entertains with inspiration, and presents real solutions to post-traumatic recovery. Here is your host, author, speaker, and mistake maker, W.C. Young. Welcome to the show. I'm WC. What a great week it's been. I hope uh, hope it's been really good for you. We had a lot of soccer and volleyball over the weekend, and I'm always amazed at how quickly my kids are growing up. Everybody tells you, they tell you that before you have kids, and I even catch myself now telling younger parents who have new little ones or, or little kids to treasure that time. They're little now, but they're growing up, and it goes by so fast. But until it's happening, to you, it doesn't seem real. And, and, um, even I, I think about, uh, my oldest going to be going to college soon and, and my middle schooler going to be in high school and my little one going to be in middle school. And it's just going by so fast that I want to just try to hold on to it and stop it. But of course, I know there's nothing I can do. So <laughs> anyways, thank you for all the great Amazon reviews. Also, I had an email come in from a principal of a great new high school in our area. Very innovative place, new technology, new way of teaching. It's really, uh, really a great place. In fact, on a, on a future podcast, I'd love to talk more about it. But he sent this email out and it says, Parents, guardians, and community, I'm writing today, today to inform you that my term as founding principal will conclude at the end of this school year. My family and I will be moving to Michigan, where we recently found out that my mother-in-law has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. She and my father-in-law and their disabled daughter will require ongoing care that we feel is our responsibility and desire to to provide. This was unexpected, and we explored many alternatives to making a move. But with the unexpected passing of my own father this winter, we feel that life is too short and our family too important to not join them in this difficult time of life. There are so many people that are going to be sending these types of emails out and, uh, just a very courageous move. And you, over the next 5, 10, 20 years, the 2020 update to the National Alliance for Caregiving, they're a group that does lots of research. Uh, it's an AARP report. They worked with the AARP, reveals an increase in the number of family caregivers in the United States. That number now is uh, actually 9.5 million from, it was an increase during 2015 to 2020. And they say that family caregivers now encompass more than one in five Americans. Think about that. Uh, one in five. And it's increasing each day. My intention was to help people like this. And I wanted to make a comeback to help myself, my family, my friends. But but I believed and I believe more now than ever that I can help hundreds of thousands of people not make some of the st- same mistakes. So if you've read the book, please do a review. If you didn't like the book, still do the review. It's good to hear both sides of and viewpoints and thoughts and opinions on it. So please keep those coming. Lots of good reviews. So on today's show, we're going to start with, is it time for you to reconstruct your life? How do you know when or why? And if it is how, but what if your life is great? And we'll get into that. And I'm starting a new segment each week. We're going to cover something on caregiving. Giving. Uh, listeners have requested it. So briefly, we'll, we'll get into it. This week, I want to cover when to start talking about the will with your parents or grandparents. 
siblings and how to do it very briefly. Again, not from a legal point of view. And then an inspiration section, we'll introduce you. I'll introduce you to Suzanne Watson, who went to medical school 25 years after being accepted into medical school. What the? Wow. Yeah. Amazing story. And we'll end with the steps you can take today to jump into that reconstruction process for your life. And this might be the best time to do something about it. So let me start with a couple of quotes that hit this subject head on. It's never too late to be what you might've been. That's George Eliot or Marianne Williamson. Always good stuff. She says, you must learn a new way to think before you can master a new way to be. I've been uh, listening to Brooke Castilla a lot. Great, uh, great coach, love her podcast. She did one on reinvention. So I thought I would give my own interpretation and real life experience of going through this process. And I love how Brooke said it. She talked about how this may be the best time in your life right now, especially if everything's going great. I know for myself, I usually only think of the negative side for it, right? So she made me think of the positive, making that big shift, even if things are going well. So why would you reconstruct your life if you're doing well? On the other hand, maybe your life isn't going well. You're dealing with all kinds of struggles or you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, what you were put here to do. Or even maybe it's a disaster. Maybe it's not that bad, (laughs) but I think that's how most people think, right? You have to have something horrible happen in order to change or you're just miserable. But today I want to cover both sides. So from that point of view, you might be incredibly happy right now, or if you're miserable, how soon can we get you started? Right. And why are you putting yourself through it? Is it worth it? Brooke in her book, What's Possible, she talks about as little girls, and I would add as boys too, they receive a lot of influence in this way. We're taught that you can be a certain number of careers. Uh, I would add or not do a certain types of careers because of whether you're a boy or a girl. And then you get to pick from this list. You go to school, you pick a major, and voila, you have a career. Brooke goes on to suggest that if you look outside that list or box of choices, you could do something special. She says, I quote, we aren't taught that beyond those choices, there's an infinite number of creations that you can create, that you can invent. And I'd even say you can construct, that you can have even though it's not already on the option list. So instead of living our life from a multiple choice question, we can write freehand, we can create and invent whatever we want without limitations. So true. I even, I think we can learn from millennials. I know there is, I know we have quite a few listening now, I I know they get a hard time and I've taken my shots on them from time to time. But think about this, like the generations before millennials have a version uh, of their life and, and some of it's very similar to their parents' legacy, right? Their grandparents' legacy, but there's some differences. Millennials, they do, here's the similarities. They want to be successful work. They want to get married. They want to have a family. They want to achieve financial security for retirement, right? We've sound familiar. We're all taught that, but their vision of what looks like, what this looks like, and their process is different. They're determined to have families when they're financially and emotionally ready, right? They're waiting. This is both for women and men. Research shows that about 40% of them spend had spent at least part of their early years in single parent households. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, we don't think about that, right? A lot of divorce. And they would like to avoid that with their own kids. And according to the latest, it's an all-state national journal heartland monitor poll, <laughs> a very long title. Uh, a majority of millennials actually think parenting by two career couples winds up being way better for their family. And for them, it's about whether they're doing something enjoyable or making a difference in society. So think about that. And they're willing to make big 
big life changes in order to reinvent them, reinvent themselves. So let me say that again, doing something enjoyable. Are you today or making a difference in society? Maybe both. Are you doing that? Do you feel you need to do that? I think about where I was when I started this journey. I write in the book, and this is chapter six. I was receiving all kinds of accolades on the fast track to big time success, accomplishing goals, winning awards, meeting all the right people, creating a powerful Rolodex, pushing the envelope. We even survived the 2001.com collapse by closing our offices. Um, at one time, we had about three offices. It was Denver, Chicago, and, and Europe. And this was in 2002. We laid everybody off. I write, ultimately moving operations back into our townhome as a last-ditch effort to survive. During the roller coaster ride, we helped key brands like Imagine Entertainment, Quiznos, PacMail, and many others to build their first web footprint, online stores, and digital brands. And got to think back then, we, we had brought in investors, right? We had one group. We had a liaison for us since the actual investors were in another country. And I write, his name was Mathis. Of course, that wasn't his real name. But he would never let me forget that Google and Netflix, heard of those companies, were started within a few days before we started. But by 2005, my ego and drive were out of touch with my true true values. I was pushing and pushing and I write, nothing was good enough, big enough, or special enough. Author Roger J. Corliss wrote, trying to be happy by accumulating possessions is like trying to satisfy hunger by taping sandwiches all over your body. <laughs> I love that. I always love that quote. In my case, this applied to accumulating accolades too, and I preferred peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I had that feeling inside that I needed to reconstruct my life, but I kept ignoring it. And maybe I just hoped it would it would somehow go away. Now, that was a time I needed to reconstruct from the negative side because I wasn't happy. I was following this path that wasn't, it wasn't working. Eventually it didn't, it just didn't work. And the crazy thing now is that I'm in a really good place, but I don't want to stop there. I want to reconstruct myself to go to that quote, I guess, next level, but I'm, I'm doing well in so many aspects of my life. And some of you I'm sure can relate to this. So when I initially started thinking about it, quote, again, going to another level, and we're going to define what that is. I felt guilty. Why would I? Things are going so well. Maybe I'll end up screwing things up. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're at that point too. As I mentioned, your life, things are going incredibly well, but you have that something inside that keeps saying, can I do more? Have more, achieve more or completely change everything I'm doing. And maybe it's a quiet voice or a loud voice. Maybe for some of us, it's even a scream. <laughs> it screams at you. Can you relate? Or maybe it's a little tap on the shoulder, but how do we do this? And we'll get into that shortly. Let's let's say you're doing well and life is good right now, in spite of what the world wants you to think, right? Or what the world wants you to do. You should be miserable according to the media. There's all these these things going on, but you're kicking ass. So why why are we construct? Well, let's take it from three different angles. And th and this we're not talking about solutions. I just want to ask some questions first. Let's relate it to money. Do you want to make more money? That's always a common one, right? People will, uh, it's a common one. They'll write down their, uh, vision or goals for the year. Let's say you're making a hundred thousand right now and you want to make 200,000, right? Life is good. You're paying your bills. Maybe right now you're making 50,000. You want to make a hundred, but you're paying your bills, investing, saving, donating to charity. It's a good time, but you're yearning inside to go from a hundred to 200,000 or 200,000 to 400,000, or again, 50, to 75 or 50 to 100. In order to do this, you'll need to be a different person. So some questions to ask, is this the right job for you? If you need to double your income, is it possible? Are you in the right place? 
Is it the time? And maybe you're not, maybe you can't really do that, but is this the time to make those hobbies or things you've been messing around with, right? Side gig is kind of the buzzword these days. Maybe you can turn that into a real business or what skills and habits do you need to obtain to get to that next level? Do you need more networking, something, let's say you're more active on LinkedIn, all of those types of things. Number two, let's talk about even better health, right? What, what does that look like? Your health numbers are good. Blood pressure, cholesterol, um, wish I could say the same. I got to work on mine, but maybe they're good. Maybe you need to lose 10 pounds uh, or overweight. I know I'm a, a 8 to 10, 12, okay, probably 15 pounds. Uh, am I the only one? Obviously, here's you have to change your diet, right? Shocker. No one's ever told you that. Drink less alcohol. No comment on that one. Sleep better. You get where I'm going. But for now, let's not focus on the solutions. Let's just, let's talk about what are those forces? Uh, what questions should we be asking? Number three, take, take your relationships to another level. Do you need to be more romantic in an intimate relationship? How about spending more quality time with your kids without screens and technology or a better friend? Call more contact more. Very, very old saying, but it's still true. And I have to remind myself all the time, are you being the friend to others that you want for yourself, right? Are you being the friend that you would want to have? And I love what Brooke added. You reinvent yourself because you want to be the best version of you, you to take everything with you that you want to take, right? You're reinventing yourself to take it with you and you leave behind anything that you don't want. And this is a mental experience, right? These are beliefs I I want to bring. These are feelings I want to bring. These are identities that I want to bring. She says, and these are things I want to let go and, and know the difference. I really, I love that. When you reconstruct yourself, you're identifying with what's really good you might keep. And what's not good, get rid of it. And if you're in doubt, play around with it. I use an inventory list. Uh, Typically at the beginning of the year, I I write out my yearly vision and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But let's give that chance to do some brainstorming on what's working and what's not working. But let me stop there real quick. We have a new sponsor. Just a quick break to let you know that today's podcast is sponsored by the Amazon Associates Program, which is one of the largest affiliate networks in the world that helps content creators, publishers and website owners monetize their traffic. Our inspirational story today is about Suzanne Watson. I came across her story. I don't remember. Somebody referred me to it. She went back to medical school 25 years after being accepted into medical school. And she said, I applied to medical school at the age that people usually do and got accepted. By the time I enrolled, I had a nine-month-old baby, a commuter marriage. So when I got pregnant again, it was just too much. I withdrew maybe a, a week into medical school. And she talks about her husband's medical career was flourishing and she stayed home with the kids. Then she experienced a call to, to the ministry. She became a minister. But right after she was ordained, her husband took his own life. He was chief of staff at a hospital. And his fear was that if he reached out for help, it would have to be reported to the, the medical board. I've heard this so many times. This process has to change. But she went on. She was left with a big mortgage, four little kids trying to figure out what to do. She never lost her dream, though. And at 50, her son said to to her, you know, I've heard you talk about this your entire life and you either need to do it now or sign up or do it now and sign up tomorrow or you need to shut up about it. (laughs) And she says, I just decided, you know what? 
I might as well give it one more shot. And she made her comeback over about six nights, or I'm sorry, six months at night in between services. She was studying. She's finished her second year of residency. She sees patients. She's slowly getting more responsibility. She says, I'm, I'm a little tired, but sometimes I almost think that I do better than younger residents because I was a mom. And once you've been a mom, you know how to go to sleep in a second, wake up in a second, and you know how to multitask or work. Even when you're dead tired, as any mom, are you, you're listening out there, do you, does this sound familiar, all this stuff that Suzanne's talking about? Yeah, I bet you know what it means. Now, she reinvented herself at 50 years old. Look at everything she went through. How about you? Because you're you're never too old to do this. Just like Suzanne, you're never too old to reconstruct your life to reinvent yourself. So it brings me to the new segment. I want to, I've gotten that feedback and I want to talk about caregiving, what we should have done, I think is what I'm going to call it. But today let's talk about when and how to address the will with someone that you're either caregiving for now or very soon will be, or in the future, great review came in. They hit this right on the head uh, on Amazon. It says a very well-written story that opened my eyes to the importance of communicating and documenting conversations with family about their wishes for finances and elder care. Love that. Love to hear that. They go on. It inspired me to have an in-person get-together with my siblings and my parents. We discussed and recorded our conversation and left feeling so aligned and at peace. What a great idea. Record it. I would highly recommend reading this heartbreaking yet inspiring story. You will laugh, cry, and experience what it's like to love people and overcome anything that comes your way. So that was, thank you so much. Great review. So two ways to bring this up again, not a lawyer, but number one, blame it on a third party. My lawyer, my boss, my fill in the blank, whoever it is, suggested that I ask you if your will is current or it's been updated lately. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, sibling. There's a good article. The second way, there's a good article in the Wall Street Journal. It's from, I believe, March 2006 titled, Too Young to Need a Will? Think Again. You might say, I was reading the Wall Street Journal use that title. It, it's, it was an article about too young to need a will. They're basically saying, think again. And it got me thinking, we should talk about your wishes or your will for now or, or down the road. The article even says, it points out that it needs to be current, right? That's, that's the key. It's got to be current. And they may respond positively, you hope, negatively, like tell you it's none of your business. Maybe they'll say some other things, but you're taking the action to help them, please remember that if my grandparents had updated their will before the dementia became too much, we never have had to reconstruct our lives. So let's finish today with that point, okay? Yes, you may be ready to do it. So what do I do now? I, I Things are great. I want to take it to another level or things are not. I want to make some changes. And as, as I was listening to Brooke Castilla talk about reinvention, it confirmed to me that I'm on the right track. She talked about the process being intense. She said, it's deep. I love this. It's deep. It requires you to use your brain and think. It requires you to give up on saying, I don't know. So think about that. Instead, it, it requires you to, to dream in a way that, I like what she said, hurts your brain, blows your mind, terrifies you, scares you. So all of it can come, come up so we can bust through these limiting socialized belief systems about what's possible or what's possible at your age or your education. I also love what James Clear's new book, um, Atomic Habits. It's a number one bestseller right now. You've probably already heard about it, so I don't need to give you too much background, but I love 
one of the major points, major points is one shift in thinking that he talks about. Instead of changing habits, become who you want to be, right? So instead of just, I mean, we all need to change our habits, but who do I want to become through this process and what habits are going to make sense for me? So here's what, what I'm doing. Uh, six steps. And first of all, and I do this when I, I write out, I, I suggest that you do it as well if you get a chance, but write out your vision for five or 10 years out. Not forever, not 50 years, right? <laughs> and and what are four or five major goals that this vision can connect to? And I review these each morning for myself. So I've got four categories. Uh, I review five to 10 years out and then take a list, take a, uh, take it to a list of things, almost like a bucket list. So you write them down, you can filter out your list, right? So you just freehand create, go through this list, and then you can filter it later. But what's, what's something you've been putting off? So number two, what's something you've been putting off that you really want to do, or that would help you take yourself to that next level, whatever it is, maybe try it out, take a class, read a book on it, go to that, uh, um, register and attend that online webinar, something like that. Number three, identify some previous passions. Think back, go back to high school, college, when you're in your twenties or thirties or, or whenever that was so that, um, think about what, what was I excited about? What was I motivated, motivated about back then? What if I let, what if, over time, what have I let go? Number four, start on a new, on that new goal or project, but choose from your top three or four, right? So you have, you've got this vision, and then you've got your top three or four categories, and it could be health, it could be money, it could be relationships, whatever it is, but those three or four, and then identify um, that, that whatever you identified in step one and take it to the next step. So this step five, write a simple quarterly plan to hit that major goal. So you've got a vision, you've got three or four made categories, and now you're taking on one goal. You don't want to make it too complicated and write out a simple quarterly plan that you're going to be able to hit it. What it is, how you're going to get there, and why, and of course, when, right? And email me if you want uh, more details on this. It's wc at unlikelyfelon.com. I'm obviously going through it very quickly today. Uh, And last step, step six is the neuroscience guys, Walden and Newberg, say you got to identify the resistance. Stephen Pressfield has a great quote. Most of us have two lives the life we live and the unlived life within us between the two stands resistance. So again, in that research, what are the obstacles that might stop you? Write it out, take 15 minutes or, or whatever, and and write some of those obstacles out. So the more you deal with this list, the better chance you have of completing your reconstruction. What a great cast today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Today starts your, uh, personal comeback. We covered how to evaluate if this is the time to reinvent, to reconstruct your life. And should you do it? Even if things are great, things are working well or they're not. We got into inspiration. Suzanne, what a great story. Come back medical school at 50, 25 years after she initially was accepted. What can you do? And uh, remember the wills? Get in that conversation. Just whatever you got to do over coffee, beer, whatever it is have that conversation. And as the Amazon review suggested, maybe record it or take notes, whatever you have to do. And I finished today with the six steps to reconstruct your life. Just some simple things. Even if now, again, is the best time, go for it. Please, again, if you read the book, go to Amazon, complete that review. 
Um, whether it's good, bad, doesn't matter to me. Just love to see that. Thank you so much. This is W.C. Young. Remember, sometimes the best way to help the world is to make mistakes. Goodbye for now. If you enjoyed this cast, you must check out the website, unlikelyfelon.com. You can buy WC's new book, sign up for the newsletter, and see his speaking engagement schedule.